Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actors Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but I'm only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back to Hollywood Dreammaker. I am super excited to introduce my guests. They have their own podcast, Deep Cover, The Real Donnie Brasco. You may know Joe from his best-selling book, the New York Times bestseller, Donnie Brasco, My Undercover Life in the Mafia. It was made into a hit movie, Donnie Brasco, starring Johnny Depp and Al Pacino. He is the most highly decorated FBI agent in history. He worked six years infiltrating the Bonanno crime family that led to 174 convictions of organized crime members. The New York Five families put a half a million dollar contract out to murder him. Didn't work. He's here with me today. Thank God. Joe was instrumental in forming the FBI undercover program and continues to work as an instructor at the FBI Training Academy in Quantico, Virginia. He's written multiple books. He's uh, among Joe's many awards. He's the, won the U.S. Attorney General Award, the J. Edgar Hoover Award, and the FBI Medal of Valor. My next guest, Leo Rossi, he's an actor, he's a writer, he's a producer, he's done it all. I mean, he's, to date, he's appeared in 109 movies. Among them are The Accused, Leo co-starred opposite Jodie Foster in her Oscar-winning performance. He also had the lead opposite Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal in Analyze This. He's a producer, he's a writer, I mean, he's, he produced... The Father and the Son, The Nail, The Story of Jory Nardone, Tenth and Wolf, directed by the Academy Award-winning writer Bobby Moresco. Bobby Moresco, <laughs> Academy Award winner. Listen, guys, welcome to Hollywood Dreammaker. I'm super excited to have you guys on the show. It's been a long, long time. How are you guys doing? Great, Billy, and thanks for having us. Good yeah. to see you again. Very good to see you again. I know, I know you're a long time, Billy, a long time. And, you know, we fought the wars together. We got the bullet holes. But I know you're an actor, I'm an actor. But the real Olivier is Mr. Pistone. Because what he did, there was no cut. He never heard cut. It, it would have been bang, bang. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, you you know, as an actor, you know, you prepare. You seriously have to do the work. You know, you have to get into character. You have to become the character. You have to walk the walk. You have to talk the talk. For you, if you forgot your lines, you got whacked. If they didn't buy your acting, you got whacked. So, you know, you deserve an Academy Award for your performance. And talk about, you know, a method actor. I mean, you were deep cover for six years. I mean, you had to learn to be a jeweler 
you know, I mean, part of your cover was you were Donnie the jeweler, right? That's correct, Billy. I was, uh, my uh, profession was a jewel thief. When you do go into a uh, undercover role and you take on a, you know, uh, a persona, a profession, you have to know it because that's the first thing that'll get you killed is not, you know, going in and saying, hey, I'm a jewel thief. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what's this here? Uh, I don't know. So to prepare for being a jewel thief, I went to school, learned about diamonds, precious gems, spent a lot of time with a, uh, a friendly jeweler learned about watches, and uh, I, I became pretty proficient in, uh, in that field. But, you know, then you have to back up a little bit. And it, this is where a lot of undercovers uh, fall short. They don't follow through on, on their profession. If you're a jewel thief, what else do you have to know? You better know how to get through a door. So you got to know locks. You better know alarms. And you better know safes. So it, the preparation... Uh, was uh, intense, several, several months of, uh, of learn, learning to become a, a jewel thief. Yeah, but that, you know, that's, that's amazing that you spent that time doing that kind of research, you know, but truly you're like an actor, you know, an actor, you know, how do you, how does a, how does a wise guy walk, you know, the way of the wise guy, how does he talk, how does he, you know, all of that had to be spot on in order for you to really make yourself believable as, as one of these, you know, wise guys in the neighborhood. Well, Billy, you know, I, 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 being Italian, I grew up in an all Italian neighborhood, wise guys in the neighborhood, social clubs, you know, there were a couple of social clubs in the neighborhood. So I was accustomed and used to being around wise guys. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't any, any big deal. Uh, and, and again, you know, you know, you grow up in a neighborhood and you take on the persona of the neighborhood. And being an Italian, I knew that you only talk when you were spoken to. You know, you mind your own business. And that, that comes from growing up in that, that Italian uh, environment. So there wasn't much I had to learn, really, to be honest with you, about gangsters, Italian gangsters anyway. Because I knew, I, I knew guys that were, that were in the mob growing up. The only thing that you, that you don't see in the neighborhood is you, you don't see the, uh, the hits, the murders, you know, but you see the swag, you see the gambling, you, you know, you do stuff like that. So that was an education that I got growing up in the neighborhood. Uh, Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Patterson, Patterson, New Jersey. Got yeah. You. Yeah. So, I, you know, we, I shared this story with you when we were uh, in Philadelphia was it Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? Pittsburgh was um, Tenta Wolf. Tenta Tenta Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. So when we were when we were doing the film in, in Philadelphia, we, we we had a conversation. I was telling you about my misspent youth a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I grew up in that same neighborhood. I grew up in you know running around Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst in the eighties. Yeah. You know, going to you know I mean I ran away from home when I was fifteen, and I was kind of running the streets. And those guys, you know, were the guys that I looked up to. That was kind of the life that I wanted. You know, I didn't have a father figure. So the guys on the streets were my father figure. You know, the guys with the caddies and the diamond pinky rings and the little breasted suits, you know, wise guys. And that was a glamorous life, you know, for me. And, and, you know, one of those guys scooped me under his wing and I became an earner and I was, you know, running around with my crew and stuff like that. And you know, I truly thought that was a path for me because I didn't know anybody. I found a, like a family, you know, it was a family. It was yeah, well, guys. yeah, I was lucky in that, uh, you know, 
I, I did have a, a stable home life. You know, I had a, a dad and, and mom and, you know, my father, would, he liked to gamble a little bit and ran bars and stuff. But, you know, he always said, you know, you stay away from those guys. Down the road, they're not the guys you want to go with. So I was lucky along those lines. You know, like I said, I, I had a stable family and I had a good uh, home home structure. But you're right. I mean, the other guys in the neighborhood, you know, that uh, that didn't have uh, parents together, didn't have a dad. Most of them went the other way. It was glamorous. It was glamorous for me. It was really glamorous till one day, you know, I saw my best friend get shot in the head in front of me five times and, and it changed my life. And I remember I told you that story and you would, you told me that you knew it blew my mind that you knew the family of the guy you knew your name in his, his brother. Yeah. I mean, you knew all about it because you were in Brooklyn at that time, I guess. And you had infiltrated, you were, you know, watching the neighborhood. So I, it does just, I was blown away that you actually, when yeah. I was running around in that little life, but the, everything changed the moment, you know, when I saw him laying there, you know, bleeding out, that changed my life immediately. I said, that's not what I want to do with my life. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're right. I mean, you know, look, you see these guys, they don't go to work. They hang around all day. They got money. They got cars. They got the diamond rings. And, uh, and for a guy that, uh, like you say, if you don't have a, a, a structure at home, a family structure at home, you gravitate because, look, they're basically, most of them individually, they're like anybody else, right? Except they're gangsters. And, and that's, that, that's what I try to get across is, is, is one of the reasons I think I was successful. I didn't judge anybody. I mean, guys that I hung around with, you know, stone cold killers, but they had kids. They had wives, but they'd kill you in a second. So there's another side that you see, but you don't see. And I had a lot of one on one conversations with, with a couple guys that I know would have killed me in a minute if they thought that I was, you know, if they thought I was an informant or, 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 uh, or a snitch. But I would sit and talk to them about their kids. I was sitting talking to them about the problems that they're having with their own kids. So you got to take, take each individual and some guys, they, they had no, no moral fiber at all, but then some of them did. It's just that they got into that life and you know yourself. I mean, hanging around with these guys, what's the first thing? The first thing is the mob. The second thing is, is your family. And then the third thing is your, your religion and, you know, and your country. But the, but once they get entrenched, the number one thing in their life is, is the mob. You know what movie that I think really depicted what you're saying, both of you, is Chaz Palminteri's Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. Because yep. the kid was admiring a killer. Yeah. And... <clears throat> The hero was his father driving a bus every day for 10 hours, 12 hours. And it, it really showed. Uh, and that's why the film, like Donnie Brasco, goes on and on. And people keep responding to it. Different age brackets, you know? Yeah. Hey guys, so the, the, my podcast is called Hollywood Dream Maker. And I, and I created it to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. Like if a kid from me, from a broken home, from the streets of Brooklyn can, you know, come out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in his pocket, a one-way ticket and make a, a career out of it, you know, that they can do it too, you know? So I would love to ask you, you know, Leo, 
how did you get into Hollywood? You know, how did you, the Hollywood dream? I mean, you know, I was just watching you last night and Gotti, you know, you're, you know, you wrote Gotti, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the original. Yeah. There you are sitting next to him in the, in the caddy and I'm watching it and I'm going, I wonder, you know, for me, look, I became an actor because when I was 11 years old, they were filming a movie in my neighborhood and I got a little part. They were filming Nunzio with David Proval and that was, Oh a little, yeah, sure. A little bit part in that. And, you know, they, when I showed up to the set, I was background. They thought I was one of the other kids, uh, an actor named Glenn Garpelli. He wasn't there that day. They thought I was him. So they gave me powder, craft <laughs> services, all this stuff. And I was like, that's fucking cool. You know, yeah. and that's when I got bit by the bug. But a year later, they did Saturday Night Fever in my neighborhood. And John Travolta was coming out of, you know, they were doing a scene where they crash into the Barracuda Club and they, they have this fight and they drag a guy out of the car. So I stayed up to like four in the morning watching the stunt, the fights, the whole thing. And, you know, John Travolta came out of the, you know, his trailer and he gave me his autograph. And I was like, girls were screaming, you know, Vinnie Barbarino. And I was like, I was 11. I was like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> it, well, and you know what? It was when it grabs you like that and you were looking for, as you say, you saw your buddy, you know, whacked in the street, dying, you know, like they either die in prison or in the streets. There ain't no big, you know, in the sky. but. The thing with me is I, I was always an athlete, and that's what I was. But if a game was on television, I'd turn the sound off and I'd announce it, right? So you saw a little bit of the ham coming out of me, right? And, and then I, I love movies. I watch double features. I'll do everything like that. I got a scholarship to Villanova, right? Joe, Villanova. Anyway, <laughs> what happened was the head of the drama department, well, wait a minute, Leo. Tell them what your scholarship was for. It was for football, Joe. Okay. Well, they might think you went there in a drama. Oh, no. You're right. Absolutely. You would think that. But I was, in fact, that was something that de derailed me because David Rabe, a, a top playwright, screenwriter, was head of the drama department of Villanova. Wow. And I'm saying to myself, Oh, my God. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to go up on stage where all those animals, my friends, all the football players, the mooks. Hey, Leo. Oh, what are you doing? Hey, look at him. Hey, Pop. I, I didn't have the balls. I did not have the balls. So that, you know, sidetracked me. And then I went to one-year law school, went to business with my father. My father, 58 years old, never sick a day. And he dropped out of a heart attack. You know, at that time, I was going through a marriage that didn't work. So consequently, I said, what turns me on? And I auditioned for a community theater play in Philly, a Jewish neighborhood. The theater sat 600 people. I mean, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you were jammed, right? And I did Butterflies Are Free, not the lead. I did the, the guy that comes on, you know, the ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I never, ever enjoyed the means to the end like that. I love sitting, breaking a script down, memorizing lines. People say, what? How, how do you? I don't know. Truth be told, I don't know. And when I went to New York, I had a lot of balls, not too much brains. And everybody said, hey, you got to have a resume. All right, a resume. So I had a couple of actor friends, I've been geeks, and I made a fake resume, 
okay? Because I already did a couple plays in Philly, you know, community theater. So I go in for this audition, and the director's there, and uh, it was downtown in, in Manhattan. And he looks, he said, well, and he's looking at my resume. And he's, oh, I see uh, uh, Clifford Odette, uh, you did Waiting for Lefty. I said, yes, I did. I know it's coming. <laughs> and he said, and you played Lefty. I said, yeah, yep. He said, that must have been some challenge. Oh, I said it was very <laughs> Lefty never shows up. That's the whole play. He never shows up. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, you learn. And uh, it's. I think Billy can attest to this. And, Joe, you've been around many, many actors, right? If you put a time frame on it, like if I don't make it in five years, if I don't make a living in eight years, or, nah, then you didn't want it that much. Yeah, you're wasting your exactly. time. Yeah, you just, you're going to go? You got to go all in. Balls to the wall. Got to do it, man. You got to be relentless in your pursuit. You know, I mean. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, you know, and it's not like you're selling uh, rubber bands or you're selling uh, air conditioners. I think you're selling you. You're selling you. You're the That's product. the product. You're the product. Yeah. Yeah. You're the product. You know. You got to know what you're selling too. You got to know what your castability is, what your star power is, what you're going to give. What you're selling to Hollywood, so they know what they're buying. You know? Yeah. Yep. They're looking. Just everybody wants to think that they cast. Since I've been on the producing side, they cast the person that is the character. You know, it's like, yeah. We got that guy. Hey, that's fine, man. Because I always used to, in the beginning, when I go into an audition, I went in as the character. Because Joe can attest to it. I'm a nice guy. Billy, you know I'm a nice guy. You're going in for a killer. I don't want him to see any nice guy Leo. None. Exactly. You lose him in hello. Hey, uh, I of course. Like yeah. I mean, can they can't get you. You can't get it back. So I come in. First impression, right? First what? impression. First impression is everything. You're sitting there, all sitting, arms folded. So I came in and I was playing a bad dude. Man, I had white coming out of the sides of my mouth. Bah, 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 bah. And he exits. So I go, boom. And I open the door. Bing. I walked into the closet. <laughs> now I'm in a closet. How do I come out of a closet as the bad guy? Kick your way out, Leo. I kick my way <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's all it's all good. Joe and I, we're having, you know, he's done many, many interviews and you know, A and E, millions, right? And what we've done on this, which, you know, I know him very, very well, twenty some years. How'd you guys meet? Yeah, we're we're friends. And how'd you guys meet? Oh, how'd we meet? Joe. (laughs) Another name comes up. Tell him, Joe. <laughs> well, Billy, uh, you know our friend Robert Moresco, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, after my movie, Donnie Brasco, uh, they wanted to make a TV show. CBS, they brought him on board uh, Bobby Moresco and Kenny Solars to be the writers and showrunners. I spent a lot of time with Bobby and, and Kenny, and uh, I'm out in uh, California at Bobby's house and doing the, uh, he's writing the, the, the pilot. And uh, one day Leo comes over, 
Bobby said, Leo, I'd like you to read, read for this character, which was a crooked lawyer. But before that, you know, we're talking and you know how you BS around and everything and everything. So after it's all over, you know, Bobby says, what do you think? I says, I like Leo, but he talks too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was it. We became, I mean, really good, good friends uh, since then. And we've done, uh, he, he did Falcone. We did uh, Tent and Wolf. We did. Oh my God, we, we did the uh, Wise Gal like, up in Canada, right? Yeah, we shot a movie Wise Gal up in Canada. We did the one man. Alyssa right? Yes. Artist? Yeah, yeah. We did it. Uh, Leo did a. Uh, we had a one man play where Leo played me. Uh, oh, who played, played Sonny Black in that? I played Sonny Black. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was great, man. Michael Madsen played in Donnie Brasco. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. We, we stayed friends ever since. Yeah. Yeah. No, now, we, now we got the podcast. Yep. That's amazing. I, and I, I, we've been having good times with the podcast. You, I saw you, you know, when I tuned in and stuff like that. You know, if you really, you know, get involved and know you're talking to somebody, it's like, wow. Uh, and Joe, you, you know, I don't pull away from questions with him. I mean, I ask him straight out because so, so I have to do, tough questions you've asked him. Well, ask him a tough question right now. Ask him a tough question now? Okay. <laughs> Joe, uh, did you ever go on a hijacking? Well, I ran with a hijacking crew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh yeah, now he the great thing that he has done, you know, Billy you said getting into character and and everything like that and that's what we have to do. Joe from the get-go, what do you call a legend, Joe? You got to build a legend. Legend. Yep. Legend, right? What is that a history of the character? Yeah, that's that's your background, who you who you are. And he didn't want that to be any different except for, you know, Jewel Thief as opposed to FBI. But he didn't want that to be any different than his likes, right? Your dislikes, your, your, the way you carry yourself. You were really Joe Pistone, Donnie Brasco, one and the same, except for the deep cover aspect and, and all that. I mean... And that way, you're not going to screw up. You know, if, if you try to be a tough guy, well, you're going to get found out in two seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you guys, look, Leo, you're from Philly. Billy. Brooklyn. You're from Brooklyn. You're a street kid. Who's got a better BS barometers than street guys? Nobody. <laughs> right? I mean, nobody. So you have to be yourself. And be, be honest with you, I was myself. Other than saying I was, you know, I was a jewel thief. But, I mean, my personality, let me put it this way. I never changed my personality. Yeah. It was the same personality as always. Well, that's what I say for actors. You know, you want to bring you, your soul, to the character. You want to bring your truth to the character. So that's exactly what you did. You didn't, you know, try to be somebody else. You were you. You brought your soul. and, and, and But you were playing the, the role of Donnie. Exactly. 
So I, I love that. To hear since uh, on the one man show, Billy, we, we just said, Billy plays Sonny Black, who was the capo to Joe when Joe was Donnie Brasco. And it was really great because Sonny Black liked what, Joe? Pigeons, right? Yeah. I don't know if the audience knows this, but Mr. Gallo is also a magician. <laughs> when we needed, we said, where are we going to get pigeons, right, for the, for the one-man show? Yeah, and he comes up with these things. Uh, they look like pigeons to me. But what were they, doves? They were doves, yeah. Ah, who gives them? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's, oh, yeah. It brings back great memories. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, man. No, I've, had, uh, I've been blessed. I've had the opportunity to work with you guys. Well, let's see. There was Tent and Wolf. Yep. Yeah. Where I, where I played uh, Provenzano, a Sicilian hitman. Yep. Yeah. The Nail, the story of Joey Nardone, where I played a Dominican alcoholic abusive father. Yes, you did. And you kicked shit. You kicked the ass out of that. Uh, yeah. That, you know, it was, that, was, it was, that was probably one of the toughest roles I ever had in my life. You know? Now, let me ask you a question. You were, were, you, you were there in my audition, right? Oh, yeah. So, so you know, why'd you guys cast me? You know, here's the thing. I, I respected you as an actor before that. But... You know, there's a lot of people in that room, right? And when you came in, saw something that I hadn't seen in you before. And, uh, you know, you can create danger. But this guy was really dangerous. And we know that he had to have that mercurial personality, that thing, he confessed like that. And we saw it. And when you came in, and I remember this, your first audition there, right? When you left, you slammed the door. <laughs> and the casting, I went, oh, my God. And I said, beautiful, beautiful. You know, and it was, we had a couple other wonderful actors and everything. But like Joe said, first impressions, uh, yeah, it was, you were there for us. And... This is for other actors out there that are young and stuff. You were working with an actress, Diana Torres, right? Diana Torres, yeah. Yeah, Diana Torres. And she really wasn't a trained actor. And she was a very fragile sort because she had gone through a horrible divorce with Mark Anthony. Yeah. And... You know, as an actor, you know you got to do this character, and you know you got to go to places. And you know, you're a pro; you would never hurt her, right? But you have to go down deep. And she was genuinely, since she didn't know the crap, she was terrified of you. <laughs> I ain't about to go up to her and say, "No, he's a great guy." No, 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 no. And if anybody sees the movie, it's called uh, "The Nail: The Story of Joey Nardone." Um, you will see Billy create a character that uh, uh, you will say great job of acting because he is a nasty son of a bitch. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's uh, and and unfortunately, this goes on and on and on. Sure. You know, and, and an interesting thing, casting 
Joe's nephew, right? And his name is Joe Pistone. Trained actor, wonderful kid, right? So, in fact, he was in uh, Tenth, uh, Tenth and Wolf. He played uh, one of the young gang, you know, like that. Joe says, well, you know, what do you think? What's in it for, um, you know, for Joe, his nephew? I said, I don't know, man. It's, uh, there's, there's really nothing right. I mean, I, I don't know. And I, he says, um, I'll let him read it. So he reads it. And there was a part, it was written as a black retarded kid who was always just with the boom box. Oh, he did a great sweetest, job in that. Yeah, yes, sweetest that. kid in the world. And he said, he called me and he said, I, I love that part. Can I test for it? Now, a producer who wasn't an actor would say, he's black. If a kid related to it, and he's a trained actor the way he did, I said, sure, man, put yourself on tape. Now, I didn't know what he was going to come up with. Blew us away. He was terrific, right, Joe? What he yeah. did, he changed your mind, okay? Hey, guys, yes. I got a little treat for you. Yep. Okay? I want to introduce somebody. A guy you might know. His name is Zabi Moresco. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> winning writer, Bobby Moresco. Bobby, welcome to Hollywood Dreammaker again. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Billy. <laughs> hey, there he is. <laughs> I had to jump on the line, and whatever these guys said about me, I deny it. <laughs> oh, you do? It was all It was all, <laughs> all good. <laughs> What's up, Nothing. You got a little snow up there, huh? It's it's amazing. I got four kids outside snowing it all up now. I gave them hot chocolate. That's what I paid them. <laughs> a, a big a big Academy Award woman giving the kids hot chocolate for shoveling snow. Yeah, of Academy Award, is that your your Oscar on your shelf over there? That is, that's that's the Oscar back there. That's what else you got over there? You got a few, you got a few hey, more on the other side. On the other side is the BAFTA, the Writers Guild, and the Independent Spirit Award. Billy, he and goes. How many, how many of those does Leo have? Billy, how many of those does Leo have? <laughs> he goes to sleep with them. He he puts them up on these little things. Oh jeez. Oh god. Hey. Look. You know what? Hey, hey, I will do. I, I'd be cuddled next to it at night. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Billy. This is my office. This is my isn't office. It, I don't sleep in here. Billy, isn't this great? The name of your podcast, you got Leo Rossi from Philly, right? You got Bobby Varesco, a Westie. You got Billy Gallo, a Brooklyn guy. And you got Joe Pistone from the streets of Patterson, New Jersey. Now, where where can you get a, a better dream, guys fulfilling their dream coming from where we came from, right? Problem. I'll tell you yeah. what my dream is that somebody don't walk here and lock us both up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I, 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 I understand why Leo thought I slept in my office because that's what he does. I've seen his writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something. But I can see that your armor is chipping from New York. 
I can see L.A. is coming back in the background. Billy, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your, your podcast. Please you're forgive not, me. You're not interrupting. I'm so glad you could jump on with us. Now, Bobby, uh, yesterday I, you said that you had to cut off the phone call. We were talking because you, the Actors Studio, tell me about that. I, I, I'm, I'm a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. Grateful to be. It's a wonderful place, as you know. And with uh, everybody shutting down, the theater itself has been shut down. They asked me to do a couple of, for lack of a better word, seminars twice a week. One, we're developing a play called on demagogues and demagoguery in America and throughout our history. And then, and then I do a series of Q&As on writing, directing, and, and uh, producing for television screen and uh, theater. Do you have to remember to participate? To, to you do, Billy, but if you want to do it, and I'll ask permission, and I bet they'd let you uh, jump in. So any time. Don't tell Leo or Joe, though, because they'll, <laughs> yeah, scare, won't tell them. they'll scare all the artists. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that's, that's something. As Billy, as we're looking at Billy right now, we see the theater in the background. Wonderful. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And you're, you're right there in New York where the pulse, I mean, the comeback really, it's a tough one. <laughs> You know, you know, it's just going to take a little time, Leo, like anything else. You know, um, everybody, every theater company that I know is doing what the studio is doing, which is as much as they can on Zoom. Uh, yeah. I'm not the only one giving seminars. There's lots of wonderful people. I think five days a week, they're filling it up with great artists, sharing what they can on Zoom. That's what we can do. So that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to a friend who's a, uh, he books uh, rock and roll acts. And I said, well. Well, they say 25% capacity. He said, Leo, it's a 100,000-seat stadium. You have 25,000 people instead of 100,000. My production costs are the same. Exactly. Hold on one second. The guys who are shoveling the store are calling me. Hold on. <laughs> They're not talking. got cold. <laughs> How about that? I, I, I know. I got to move my car. Hey, listen, Billy. Be careful with these guys, okay? When you finish the podcast, check your pockets. <laughs> Robert Moresco. Bye-bye. All right, goodbye, love. Bye-bye. The family. God bless. Right. I love you guys. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. Good surprise, Billy. Yeah, you pulled yeah. one over on us. <laughs> you guys did, did, you didn't see it pop up, his name? Because I saw it on my end. I was going, did, can they no, see I it? Didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't oh, see it. No, I didn't see it. That's great. Yeah, but... Uh, and, and Bobby's guys, Joe's a great storyteller. Bobby's a great storyteller. We were talking, we were doing a movie in Montreal and Bobby's got a friend, PR Paul Rosenbaum. Started out as an actor. Now he's a wealthy entrepreneur, right? And Bobby told a story. We're at a big dinner table, right? Bobby told the story. Then Chaz told the story. On the <laughs> PR Paul tried to commit with a story. And I said, uh-uh. Uh, this was the major leagues. You can't have minor leaguers in here, you know. But yeah, it was it was uh, cool, man. Hey Joe, you said something, you know, that really struck a chord with me. You know, you said, you know, here's a guy, a Westy, we got, you know, a Philly guy, you know, we got a New Jersey guy, we got a Brooklyn boy. You know, they were all, you know, neighborhood kids, you know, that that had a dream. Okay. It had this dream in us, and yep. we pursued it. We went after the dream and achieved the dream. So 
if you're out there and you're listening, if you have this dream in your heart, if this is your passion and this is what you want to do, then go after it and go after it like you mean it with a vengeance. Go after it with all your heart. And it's a bumpy road and it's a roller coaster ride, but it's a, it's a beautiful journey. And if that's your passion, then follow it and go after it like you friggin' mean it. Exactly so, right. I mean, I always knew I always knew I wanted to be in law enforcement. I started out, I, I, I took the police exam. I was a, a senior in college, came out the number two, but I would have had to drop out of college in order to, uh, to go to the academy, the police academy. And, you know, I didn't want to do that. So I finished. Uh, and then uh, the FBI had uh, requirements that, that I didn't, uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't fulfill because you had to have uh, three years experience after you got out of, out of college in a uh, supervisor capacity. So I applied for the Navy, got in, got in there, spent uh, two years there, and then applied for the FBI. With the FBI, the acceptance rate is astronomical. I mean, the exam is, is off the charts to get in, to test to get in, but it didn't, I didn't shy away from it. You know, I mean, uh, I, I didn't shy away from it. Took the exam. I was lucky enough to pass, pass the orals, pass the written, pass the psychologicals, and uh, I got accepted. Now, fast forward 17 years later, after all my undercover in- endeavors, I resigned from the FBI after 17 years. I was out for uh, <laughs> three years, and then I wanted to go back. So now I had to reapply, all right? So, and, and, you know, follow your dream in your heart, what you want. Now, Billy, I'm 50 years old. 50 years old, I get, I get accepted back in wow. at 50. And I got to go through an 18-week training course going against 23 to 28-year-olds at 50. That's amazing. Of bitches. Jesus, Joe. And that included all the physical that's endeavors that you have to go through. But that's true perseverance and persistence. And, you yeah. Know, well, yeah, but, you know, like you said, if you want something, you know, you persevere and you follow it and you'll get it done. And you'll get it done. I think something that probably anybody out there listening, we probably know this by now or surmise this. Joe, when he was in the Navy, was in naval intelligence. I was in the Army and I was a cook. Now, what is that? (laughs) There you go. Guys, Uh, if you could go back, right, and give your the, the younger you, right? some advice, some life advice, some golden nugget, what would it be? Well, I think you, you, you had the, the, the correct word, perseverance, and have a plan. Have a plan. Know what you want to do. And then have a B, a B plan. You know, you might not get to the A plan in the, the time that you want to get there, but have a, a plan B that you can follow while you're still trying to achieve a plan A. But you have to have a plan in life on what you want to do and where you want to get to in life. Uh, my father said, 
Plan your work and work your plan. That's yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's interesting in, in our business, show business. Joe's been involved in show business. You know, you say you're going to hang out with people after a movie or something like that. Hey, yeah, well, we'll do lunch. We'll do this. But you start to gravitate to people that you really, you really feel comfortable with because of their principles, because of their work ethic, you know what I'm saying, and because they're good people in every facet of life. There's not a lot of good people, you know. There's a lot of good people, but if, if you start to what, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are, exactly. I don't do any business in my house. I'll go out, I'll go to the animal farm, Beverly Hills. I'll do what I have to do. But anybody comes into my house, I want them there. They are there because they're my friend, not because what they can do for me. You know? It's about, um, you know, it's, it's really truly who you surround yourself with. I mean, it's about relationships. Hollywood's about relationships. It's about, listen, the reason, you know, I, I feel blessed, you know, that I've worked with Bobby on, on a bunch of projects and work with you guys on a bunch of projects because it's relationships. You got to be, you, you got to like the guy. You got to want to work with him. We're going to work long hours together. We're going to spend 16-hour days and months. And, you know, you want to have people that are on the same way, yep. you know, the same page. You know, I've worked on a lot of projects with, with actors that, you know, they thought who the they, they oh, were. Yeah. And it was a freaking nightmare working yeah. with somebody like that. You know, so he's surrounding himself by the, with the right people and building those relationships. God rest his soul, Dennis Farina, who was a great friend of mine, good friend of Joe's. He turned down this movie role, and I won't say the lead actor, right? He met him. I said, you turned that down? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, why? <laughs> he said, life's too short. <laughs> and that was it. He wasn't going to – he was a copper on the street for 20 years. Yeah. Ended up a detective. Life's too short because you see attitudes in this business. I know – why actors get a bad name. Some of the behavior is, and I used to step in. And then my agent told me, you're not your brother's keeper. You want to work in this town? Everybody else got to fight their own battles. You got to be tough. And, um, you know, yet you still have to keep that creative juices going. It's, it's, I wouldn't do anything else in this whole world. You know, you got to create your own stuff, man. Create, you know, you're you you're an actor, but then you you got into producing, you got into writing. You know, that's what you have to do. You got to create your own projects. You got to be, you know, you can't wait for somebody to knock on the door and go, "Hey, we want to put you in a movie." You know, you got to create your own movie. You got to write your own script. You got to create your own project. You have um, to be your own advocate. Yeah. Yep. Let me ask you a question, Joe. So, you know, coming from that world, the, the mob and New York and the mafia and stuff like that and dealing with that world, how is the going into the Hollywood world? I mean, you know, that's a different, that's a gang too, you know, Hollywood's a gang. <laughs> you know, how is it going from the streets to Hollywood? How about, how about working with Al Pacino and having Johnny Depp playing you in, in the movie? I mean, what was, you know, what was that whole Hollywood thing? How did, how did that work out for you? I never had problems with actors. I had problems with a uh, couple producers, and I had to tell one. I had to tell one executive producer one time, "Don't mistake my kindness for weakness, because you'll be sadly disappointed when you find out that it's not." 
But I found that uh, Hollywood executives, I'd rather deal with the mob because the mob tells you, lets you know that they're mobsters. The executives, they hide behind the fact that they're executives and they're mobsters underneath. You know, I mean, you know what kind of monster I'm talking about. You know, yeah. it's not nice people. And, and that's proved out pretty in the last three or four years. That's proved out pretty clear, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Man. There are some monsters in this business, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and they say, they say that uh, I think Hollywood needed an enema and it got it. A lot of the, the dead wood is gone, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's great hanging out with you, babe. I mean, it's when I am, I, I live in the wine country now. I'm not probably the best place for me. But when I'm in town, we will get together. We'll get Costanzo. Yeah. We'll get Nicky Millay. And, uh, and if when everybody's flying around, Joe will be coming out here because we got a couple things on the fire. You got Bobby's number? Because I, I was thinking, I want to get Bobby. I know Bobby. Bobby and I worked on way, way yeah. When I first came out to Hollywood, Bobby and I did a movie together. He so, is, yeah, I'll, I'll get you his number. Me, he has to change an iota. I know, but Bobby's real deal. I mean, I remember when I saw Saturday Night Fever, and he, you know, it was in, in Saturday Night Fever. Right. You know I mean, yeah, he. I met him at Emilio's Bar in the Village, right? And I was there with a date, and I'm there, and he must have sensed I was an actor. You know, I hadn't done too much, but I had a play that I did downtown. But he's there, and uh, I put my money on the bar, and he would just keep shuffling around, not take any, right? I said, and I was struggling for money about then, too, you know? So I appreciated that. And then uh, I said, you're, you're an actor, too, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, we're curious as actors, right? Now, Bobby, he's a portly guy, would you say? Yeah, Bobby's got a Labans, right? So I said, yeah, I said, Bobby, why do you have, you, you got the buckle on the side? You got the buckle, that you hook your belt on the side. He said, because I'm a bartender. I said, I don't understand. He said, no, if you put it here, you're always bending over the bar, you get, your stomach gets creased. <laughs> You know, Bobby, I did a movie and I robbed a purse. I was a, I, I was, it was a, a wise guy movie. And I was, we were trying to get this mob guy, Frank Stallone's attention by planning a heist. We were going to rob this old lady's purse. And then one of the guys, Jason Bateman, was going to return the purse to get in with the, the wise guy. So the scene was, I come and I robbed this old lady's purse. And Bobby Costanza had to chase me like two blocks. <laughs> With a baseball bat, and it, it, it tell me that I'll, show, I'll find that clip somewhere. <laughs> no, he's he's beautiful. I mean, he's the force of nature. Yeah, yeah. That's another one of those guys. They're dear, dear friends for a long time. Boy, mm -hmm. and the uh, the one thing that we did, which I thought was funny, on the nail, the story of Joey Nardone, and we filmed it right on those streets. You know, Billy, right on those streets, South Philly, and everything. I probably had a hundred people come up to me saying, Hey, I knew Joey Nardone. He was an ass kicker. Joey Nardone was, we made him up. There was no Joey Nardone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you know, hey, Tony, look, I had Tony on the show. He, he was part of this podcast. Uh, we talked about 
you know, another dear friend. Yeah. 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 Well, we've, uh, we've lasted, yeah. you know, if you were to put something on my tombstone, put survivor. Yeah. Well, you just can't survive, man. You gotta, you gotta take your, you know, you get knocked down, you dust yourself off, you get back up and you keep going after it. Yeah. It's not how many guys you can knock down. It's when you get knocked down, how many times you can get up. That's it. Amen. Amen to that. All right, baby. Yeah, we good. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Love you too, man. It's great seeing yeah, you. It really was, baby. Um, you, know, you know what the beauty is? Is like it's like for me, it's like I got guys in my old neighborhood that I grew up with, and I don't talk to them sometimes for ten years. I, I, we don't. But whenever we reconnect, it's like nothing's changed. It's, 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 it's no time, right? Yeah, it's it. family, and that's how I feel about you guys and Bobby. You know, it's just it's family. It's like we have a yeah. we have a history together. Right back, well, actually, so it is. It, it's it's a real friendship. It's it's not one of these Hollywood fake friendships. I mean, yeah, this is this is real. And you I know, hope the theater gets uh, gets packed again when the actors are allowed to come in. I, I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed. I mean, I you know my I, I can't wait to have. Yeah, I have class starting at you know, three hours. I'm going to be here till midnight. You know, but it's all via Zoom. I have actors from all over the place. Yeah, and, right. You know, it's great. You know, it's uh, hey, well. See, that's why during this. I'm talking to two guys here who do not have weight problems. The both of them probably weigh the same that they weighed when they were 22 years old. The sons of gun. Me, I look at a cheesesteak and I wear it. I got I got to work out like a banshee just to have some semblance. But not you two guys. Uh, okay, you're like, Billy. Thank you guys. You know, it's you know. This is your instrument, you, you know, this yeah. is to take care of it. You got to, you got to, you know, I've been real quick. I, I, uh, been doing a cleanse, right? Because I realized, you know, during this COVID time that I was maybe putting the wrong things in my mouth, you know, got, it got a little soft, didn't work out as much with the holidays yeah. and stuff like that. You know, I the COVID-19, you know, but then I, then I realized something and it really hit me hard is this. This here is is my my vehicle. This is my car That's of life. And temple. sometimes I drive it like it's a, when I was a kid, a stolen car. Not giving a shit if I bang it, I do donuts on a field. It doesn't matter because it's not my car, whatever. I just jump out of it and get another one. No big deal. But this is not a stolen car. And you got to put the right fuel in it. You got to polish it up. You got to treat it like a Rolls Royce. You know, you got to shine it up. Got to put premium gasoline in it. So, you know, I really pivoted. And now it's, you know, I'm juicing. I'm drinking, you know, celery juice. I got celery juice in there right now with lemon. Nice. You know. But this um, guy, Stone, he has never, and I've eaten with him all around the world, he has never finished an entire plate. He always leaves something on it. <laughs> Why is that, Joe? <laughs> That's the secret, man. <laughs> there you go. There's this. Yeah. See? Nothing can be down. I love you guys. Stay All right, safe. Babe. Stay healthy. Stay here, Billy. Wear a mask, and I'll see you guys soon. God see bless. You, Take care. God bless. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.